This morning's message is entitled, No, I Haven't Been Listening at Your House. It's a legitimate question, especially when you put the follow-up to it. What are you shouting? Beware, your life is showing. One of the blessings we had while we were away is uh, our oldest daughter and her family were able to come down for a day and a night, which meant our three youngest grandkids, all girls, uh, were there with us for a day and a night. And one of the things I noticed is it was a lot louder when they were there than when they weren't. It gave me the idea for the title of the message about shouting because there seemed to be a lot of shouting, but they weren't upset. They were just communicating. Sometimes they had to communicate a little louder to get over their sister for they were afraid we couldn't hear them, though we were right beside them. (laughs) Jody didn't appreciate that when they left, I thought that was a good idea, so I tried to continue that practice and was told that's not appropriate at that point. But you see, the reason I ask that question is, what we do in life speaks louder than what we claim to do. How we live shouts above what we say we believe. How we live daily speaks louder than our bumper stickers and our t-shirts. Because it's what we do that guarantees to show who we are and what we believe. And in fact, in the Gospel of Luke, in the New Testament, Luke chapter 19, we have a great example of this, that it is what we do, the follow-through. In fact, all of the Easter story that we certainly don't have time to get into in depth, even throughout this week, how people reacted, told more about what they believed than all the stuff that they said. What we say matters, and we need to be more bold in our speech and more direct and intentional in our witness. But how we live is what shouts loudly. So in Luke chapter 19, beginning at verse 28, we see what we call the Palm Sunday story, where Jesus is entering Jerusalem and There are crowds gathered and everyone is shouting. They're giving praise to him. Now, some of you are looking at the screens and wondering what's going on. Well, you're going to hear a little more about it in the next couple of weeks, but we got to do some major upgrades because our system keeps crashing and uh, we're using a Band-Aid. That's how we got some of the music and sound up here this morning and we're running out of Band-Aids. So you'll hear a little more about it. So we're going a little old school this morning, and the fill in the blanks are not up on the uh, up on the screen. Now that doesn't give you permission to go to sleep. It means you need to listen more carefully if you really want to fill in the blanks. Uh, And if you miss a blank, come up to me afterwards, and you can take a look at my notes. And if you can decipher them, you can fill your blanks in. Okay, back to the sermon. Luke chapter nineteen, beginning at verse twenty-eight. 
It says that when he had said these things, this is Jesus, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. And when he drew near to Bethphage and Bethany at the mount that is called Olivet, we've heard of Olivet, he sent two of his disciples saying, go into the village in front of you where on entering you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? You shall say this, the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went away and found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owner said to them, why are you untying the colt? And they said, the Lord has need of it. And they brought it to Jesus. Throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. And as he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice. There's that shouting for all the mighty works that they had seen saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. He answered them, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. I had a lady, the very first church where I was the lead pastor, who as she got up to sing one Sunday, said, I'm doing this not because I'm not a great, not because I'm a great singer, which is not a great lead-in to somebody about to sing. She said, I'm doing it because I owe it to my Lord for who he is. And she said, the Bible says that if we don't do it, even the rocks are going to cry out. She said, so I want to stay at least one step ahead of the rocks. <laughs> That's where this came from. Be quiet. Quit shouting. Oh man. If we don't do it, even the stones are going to cry out. Well, if the stones are capable of crying out praise to God, how much more should we? So those of you who come and sit quietly and passively on Sundays, the stones are about to pass you up. We are to shout his praises. But not just with our words, with our life. We have to be careful because our life is showing. You see, we shout with everything that we do. And our shouts are not what matter the most, though they're important. Our life shouts what we believe, not just what we claim to believe. And no matter how hard you try to cover up your life at times or certain portions of your life, your life's going to show up and people are going to know what matters most to you. So let's make sure we're shouting the right stuff. Now I realize that this was just a week or so in front of them shouting, crucify him the same people who were shouting hosanna were shouting crucify him a week later or you see the week before they were shouting the right stuff it just wasn't in their life 
And when the pressure came on, what was in their life showed up. So let me ask you, when you get squeezed, what comes out? I was intrigued in studying this passage to think through some statements and some questions that came up. The first one was, you know, who are you and what are you doing? I mean, in other words, when they came to get the donkey, I said, why are you untying my donkey? That's a legitimate question. Today, it'd be, why are you taking my car? (laughs) seems a fair question and I'm going to guess it was shouted somebody's taken off with their donkey you know whoa why are you taking my donkey I'm also impressed this is just a, a, a bonus that Jesus asked them to get this colt this donkey colt that had never been ridden before now, now think of that he was about to lead a parade on a donkey that had never been ridden This might have been the first rodeo. (laughs) Except for who he was. That took some guts. Why are you untying my donkey? In other words, who are you and what are you doing? That's a legitimate question. In other words, who does your life belong to? Whose life is it? We too often take credit for our life when it actually belongs to the Lord. And it all is summed up. That question and the appropriate answer is summed up there in verse 31 when the Lord said, here's what you should say. The Lord has need of it. That's an appropriate statement for every day. What's going on in your life? Well, the Lord has need for it. For each one of us. He has need and desire for our life. Who we are, what we have, what we can and can't do. And that's an awesome thing to recognize. The Lord has need of it. In other words, your life should not be your own, but his. How much of your life are you controlling instead of allowing him to control it? I find that it's a tug of war at times. I want to say that every day at all the time in every way, Lord, it's yours. But I have to be honest, there are some days when I'm pulling back. And the Lord's saying, hey, I've got need of your life. And I'm going, yeah, so do I. But what I ought to be shouting is it's his, not mine. Who are you and what are you doing? My answer should be, I'm the Lord's servant and I'm doing what he requires and requests. That's what ought to be shouting out from my life. You see... (laughs) I'm also impressed that when they went to get the colt, and this phrase in some other forms is all over the New Testament, especially in the four Gospels. 
it says that when they went to find this colt, that they found it just as the Lord told them. Everything was just as he has told them. What I've discovered is when I follow his will, everything is just as he's told me it would be. Perfect? (laughs) No. Well, not perfect by my standards. Perfect in his will. Just as he said it would be. That ought to give us great confidence that whatever God has said, God will do. Whatever he has promised will come true. If we recognize it's his life, not ours. How awesome is that? To realize, to recognize, and then to live that out. Do what he asks and it will be just as he told you it would be. Now realize he never said it was going to be easy all the time. There's no promise of that. In fact, if you study the lives of the 12 disciples, it was not easy. It wasn't easy for Jesus. On many occasions, they tried to crucify him, stone him to death, all kinds of other things until finally they thought they succeeded. But (laughs) even though it was Friday, Sunday was coming and that's a whole nother message. Just as he told them it would be. So just follow his lead. Because it'll be just like he said. Which means he'll always be with you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. And that what he has planned for you is what's best. For you and eternity. Who are you? And what are you doing? The second thing that jumps out at me in this passage is the praise that was given. The people praising the Lord. His disciples and all the people who were following him, they were praising the Lord. They said, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Hosanna. They were shouting it. They were unashamed. They wanted others to hear it. It struck me recently that most churches are built in areas that have noise ordinances. Did you know that? There's noise ordinance around here. And that if you're too loud, you are breaking that ordinance and could be reported and could be fined or more. And I thought, when was the last time a church got fined for being too loud? in their praise, in their worship. I don't mean the sound system, I mean us. That we were just too stinking loud. Now see, if they did walk in and say we'd been fined, my first thing was, I think you have the wrong place. Because we haven't been that loud. I'd love it if we were. But my second thing would be, just understand, if we don't do this, even the stones are going to cry out. We're just trying to stay one step ahead. Praising the Lord. And we look in this passage, it is all over this passage, and especially verses 34 to 38, the people were putting their coats down. I've always wondered too, 
that some husbands, when they got home and their wives saw their coat, said, what were you doing? But that's another um, sermon, maybe, someday. Um, but praising the Lord. In other words, do your words point to Jesus? And is anybody hearing them? Is anybody hearing your witness? By your life and your words. Do my words and life point people to Jesus? I asked this question a couple of weeks ago. If people didn't know, if they just watched your life, could they find Jesus by watching you and listening to you? Praising him. Because even the stones will bear witness of Jesus. I agree with the lady in my first church. I want to stay at least one step ahead of the stones. Don't you? And then we have to recognize, not in a passive, uh, fearful way, but that people will notice your life and your words. People are watching. They will take notice of it. Verses 39 and 40, what we see is people don't always agree, right? Because some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, rebuke your disciples. <laughs> it ought to be impossible to silence us. As it says in Jeremiah, it's like fire shut up in my bones. I'm trying to be quiet. I just can't. My granddaughters. Well, I don't think they were trying to be quiet. But even if they had been trying to be quiet, I don't think they're capable of it. Nor should they be at that age. When did we get so proper that we couldn't, that we got past the, I can't help it. It has to come out. I don't mean the interruptions and the blurting of inappropriate stuff. I mean, just what's in us, the joy of the Lord. This morning in my prayer time, as I prayed for all of you and others, the Lord brought certain pastor friends to my mind. And so I shot him a text this morning, just saying, hey, I'm just praying for you. And the thing I messaged, I think, to every one of them was something to the effect, I'm praying that you're so filled with the joy of the Lord this morning, it just kind of flows out all over everything. And just before the service started, I got a text back from one of them who said, thanks for the timely prayer. <laughs> I don't know what's going on in their life. The Lord does. That's why he prompted me. Wouldn't it be awesome? If we had to not necessarily apologize, but explain to people why we keep blurting out stuff about Jesus. I'm sorry, I'm just so full of him, it comes out. I've been accused of being full of a lot of stuff, but I wanted to that I want to get accused of being full of Jesus more than all the other stuff. But we have to realize that if we live it out, people will notice. Therefore, we need to live aware but not afraid because God is still God. And if my life is his, I don't have to worry about it. 
As the Apostle Paul said, they want to kill me for my witness. If they do, I get to go be with Jesus sooner, and that's what I'm living for. And if they don't, I get to stay here and tell others about him, and that's my passion. I can't lose. Why would we be quiet with that in mind? Be aware, but don't be afraid. And be obedient and compassionate. To be obedient to what God says, because it's his life, not mine. And if it's his, I'm simply fulfilling his life in me. That takes the pressure off too. <laughs> hey, Lord, this is what you said to do. So that we can live confidently, obediently. But we need to do it compassionately as well, with care, concern, and love. Not overriding and shouting down others, but living our life in such a way that it shouts out who Jesus is and that the hope of the world is found in Christ and that we are full of joy because of who he is and that his love we want to share with others. So let me ask you, What's showing in your life? You know, when you wear a sweater, and the reason you wore the sweater is because your shirt's stained, and you forget about that and let it slip up a little bit, and somebody's going, whoa, stain showing. What's showing in your life? Is it Jesus? Or are they seeing you instead? And then the question I started with, what are you shouting? Especially to those right around you, closest to you. A lot of parents speak to toddlers at times and say, inside voice inside voice. My friend, Pastor Dave, who spoke for our Ignite services, has a phrase, he never used it while he was here. He uses it a lot at his church at times where he'll say to his congregation, big outside voices while we say this. I love that. When it comes to showing and sharing Jesus, we need to use our outside voice wherever we are, so that our life says it so loud, people can't get away from it. See, when my granddaughters were at their height of enjoyment, even when I plugged my ears, I could still hear them. That's how it ought to be with us for Jesus. That no matter what barriers people put up, our life shouts, Jesus loves me, this I know. Jesus loves you too. What are you shouting? What needs to change in your life for people to see and hear Jesus through you? And what would happen if we banded together to show people Jesus 
and to share who he is. Lives would be changed. Homes would be transformed. And we couldn't hold them all in this place. Jesus, thank you for what you've done and who you are. Lord, thank you that you have given us a lot to shout about. Give us the courage to shout that. Give us the courage to live our life in such a way that our life shouts it, whether we're speaking or not. Lord, help us to live in such a way that what we do and what we say points people to Jesus. Because after all, this life is not mine, it's yours. So Lord, help us to stay a few steps ahead of the stones by how we live and what we say. Guide us this week to point people to you with a life that's surrendered to you. I pray and plead for this to be true. In Jesus' name. And everyone shouted, Amen.